0: Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just do thank you for your word tonight. It's powerful. It's life-giving. It makes us free. Lord, we thank you for speaking to our hearts. We ask you for the word for tonight, the message for this time. Lord, give us truth revelation, understanding, inspiration, and illumination that make us free from all the bondages that would try to hold us back and hold us down. Thank you for freedom in Christ. And, and Lord, we just look to you now for direction and for answers. And thank you for speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. 618 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay? The New International Version says it this way. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So we've getting, we're getting quite a few uh, directions in this short verse here about what to pray, how often to pray, what kind of attitude we are to keep on an ongoing and continual basis, and even who to pray for, okay? Now, now we, we were speaking to you last time a little bit about that phrase, praying in the Spirit, okay? We're to pray with all kinds of prayer in the Spirit. Now, specifically... We know from 1 Corinthians 14, what we looked at last time, is that praying in the Spirit or with the Spirit refers to praying in other tongues, okay? It's a supernatural language by the Holy Spirit and we are to pray that way. And you can see for one right here, how else in the world would I be able to pray for all the saints, okay? In other words, believers who are only praying with their known language or with their understanding can be very limited in the scope of what they're able to accomplish in the spirit okay it's a whole nother realm and in a whole nother uh, opening when we can pray with a language given to us by God because what that allows us to do is pray about things that we don't know about okay I can how many know the Lord knows everything and 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 you may have oh Africa I need to pray for the nations of Africa well you can only go so far in your known tongue unless you know specifically what's happening there or who needs prayer but by the spirit and in the spirit you can get down to the minutest detail because god knows everything okay and so we can see that praying in the spirit would definitely include and it's scriptural to pray with an unknown tongue and to get things accomplished that way however when when we look at this phrase in the spirit and its connection to all kinds of prayer I don't really see that I'm to pray, for example, the prayer of faith in other tongues. And so I really believe that praying in the Spirit uh, can be real specific to 1 Corinthians 14, so forth. Uh, Praying in the Spirit can also be used in a little broader sense. And I I see that it would include definitely praying the will of God praying God's way, praying out the will of God, approaching prayer from His perspective and according to His Word. Because uh, that way I can pray all the different kinds of prayer. Because there are are other types of prayer that's not all about praying, quote, in the Spirit as we typically refer to it as. But yet it's still in the Spirit. And here's another thing. Uh, How many know that this Again, the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians says that you may all prophesy one by one, hmm. okay? Some people haven't realized that all believers have the potential to prophesy, okay? Now, that's not necessarily an indication of them foretelling the future, but simply speaking by inspiration. And when it comes to prayer, when it, if you're speaking in your known tongue, which is English for most of us right Uh, if you're speaking and praying in English but by a by the inspiration of the spirit I couldn't call that anything else but praying in the spirit you know what I'm talking about yet I'm praying in a known tongue yet I'm inspired by the Lord just like I would be inspired praying in an unknown tongue I'm basically prophesying in prayer Say, so how do I know if I'm doing that? Well, you'll find yourself, if you spend some time in prayer, that at times words will come right up from the inside of you. I mean, words in a known tongue. And you'll find yourself praying and you'll think, wow, this is kind of good. Wow, I didn't know I could pray this well. <laughs> I didn't know I could formulate all these thoughts. And I did, certainly didn't know to pray for this. And I didn't know to pray about this. But you'll find these things coming out of you. What is that? Well, that's spirit-inspired prayer. Okay? And that's inspired, inspired utterance in a known tongue, okay? Which is basically known as prophecy in the Bible, all right? And so, and so we, we, we can see that uh, there are different types of prayer that we should be involved with. Go with me to John chapter 15. John, the 15th chapter. And I'm going to begin momentarily to get into one type of prayer. But before we do, John 15 and verse 7 is just an outstanding prayer verse. 15:7 says, if you abide in me, this is the red letter guy, right? And my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Okay, this is a pretty outstanding statement. Oftentimes people are always referring to, well, if the Lord wants it to happen, according to Jesus, that there there are just a couple qualifiers here. And if I meet those qualifications, I now get what I want. In other words, the will of God is that I get the will of Mark. Right? If I simply meet abiding in him, and his word abiding in me. If I can get to that place, I abide in him, his word abides in me, my prayer life takes off. And now I can, I can know for certain. I don't have to wonder, does God want this? Well, if I meet the first two, as long as I want it, then God wants it. Do you know that the Lord has turned some things over to you he has turned some things over to me. Some of, his, uh, of what he wants to do is conditioned upon your decisions and your choices. Let me just throw this out to you. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, God arranging marriages, okay? People have had a lot of questions about this, and quite frankly, when I was single, I <laughs> thought about these types of things a lot more than I have in the last uh, while, okay? In other words, people are always uh, oftentimes wondering, is there one person, people refer to as the one that I am to marry? Does God have the one assigned to me and basically that is the person and that is the only person that really in God's perfect will I could marry? okay uh, so what's the answer to that I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I think about this okay I don't have a chapter and verse that describes that exactly but listen if, if there is one person for another person period and all, everything on the planet is designed by God that way how many know it doesn't take too many people who are disobedient to screw the whole system up Right, Because if one person goes the wrong way, and they marry someone else, and they were the one for somebody else, and they were, now they're messed up, so they got to take somebody else's one. Okay, this can, this can cascade pretty quickly into chaos, and everyone's out of the will of God, right? At the same time, do I believe that God leads people together? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Every single person who wants to be married needs to have a green light from the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they look at things naturally. They look at their own interests. But at the final word comes down to, when I pray, this seems right to me. Okay. There's a green light. But how many know if someone, uh, you know, you got 25 year old John, he lives in Boise and, uh, Uh, you know he desires to be married and for some reason he moves across the country and he moves over to Atlanta Uh, how many know if he he would have stayed in Boise, John he probably eventually you know if he desired to be married he probably would have found someone but the fact that he moved to Atlanta you know and he's still praying he's still serving God but he'll probably find someone in Atlanta and marry him and you know in both situations as long as it's it's right and as long as he had the green light I I think it's the will of God in other words I don't think there's uh, there's necessarily like I explained the scenario one person that could be uh, the final answer to every person in life all right because again sometimes people make wrong choices and they really messed things up. And someone said, what if I really got out of the will of God? And, uh, you know, I was in this relationship or, or about to be, and I took the wrong turn, and I got away. They married somebody else, and here I am. What am I going to do? I believe if you'll serve God that He'll bring something to pass in your life, and you can still trust Him, and you can find someone to marry, and you'll be in the will of God. Okay? Now, you wonder why this fits into prayer, God responds to some degree to our choices. You think about it now. John was about to marry Mary <laughs> in Boise. But instead, for some reason, Mary backslid, got away from God. John said, well, I thought you were the one, but I'm not marrying you if you're away from God. How I many no good decision, John. Okay, even if they had green light before on the inside, in other words, they felt like this is the Lord's will. John backslid, see you, Mary. Okay, God's got a plan for me still, and apparently, he's not going to include you anymore. And so, John, you know, he has an opportunity, he moves to Atlanta, has a green light, and, uh, you know, in other words, the Lord's leading him. Uh, John goes over to Atlanta and uh, he marries uh, Susie. And John and Susie get married and have four children. Does God have a plan for those four children? Well, what about if John would have married Mary? And they had four children. Does God have a plan for those four children? Well, He would have. In other words, God makes preparation and plan based on His foreknowledge. Foreknowledge of what? What is going to happen? And sometimes what is going to happen is man's choice. OK, another scenario. John was supposed to marry Mary, and John's, and John, for some reason, just got out of the will of God. He said, "I'm getting out of here. I'm moving to Atlanta." And it was, and God's plan was for John to marry Mary, and Mary wanted to marry John, and she was heartbroken, and John's, John got just got out flat out of the will of God. John went over and married Susie. Didn't have a green light. John wasn't even praying about it. He just said, Susie looks good. Let's get married. They had four kids. What about God's plan for those four kids? Does he have a plan for them? Oh, he sure does. Why? Even though it wasn't God's plan for John to marry Susie, God knew it would happen. Okay. John and Susie will probably have a little tougher time inherently, because they didn't have the blessing of God going in, but uh, their kids, God still has something for them to do. Well, what about uh, about this other woman, and she was raped, and she had a child as a result of that? Does God have a plan for that child? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was that God's way for that child to come into the earth? Not for a second. Totally contrary to His perfect will and plan, yet God will still plan something for that child. Okay, And so, uh, w- w- when we talk about what God wants to do, uh, a lot of what He does is based on what we want. When we, get, uh, when we get abiding in Him and His Word abiding in us, He trusts us to ask for things. And apparently, if you want it, that's good enough for Him. Are you listening now? Now, I realize you could make the the argument, well, if His Word abides in you, then you want what He wants. And I don't disagree with that. When His Word abides in you, you receive His teaching. You receive His instruction. You're thinking a lot like He is thinking. And that's one reason why He gives you the blank check. But at the same time, I really think there are a lot of things that we may pray for and desire. And God doesn't really give a rip in the big picture. Hmm. You want a blue Toyota? You know, I think he's okay with that, but I don't really think he cares that much. But because you want the blue Toyota and you abide in him and his word abides in you, he's good with it. He said you can have the blue Toyota. Why? Because you want it. And your life is in the right place. You're in a position of, uh, of faith because his word is in you. You're in him. His your priorities are the same as his priorities? Blue Toyota. You hear where I'm going with this? Okay. This is just a major key for us having an effective prayer life, abiding in him and his word abiding in us. Okay. Now, there are many different types of prayer, as our text said, uh, that we are to pray all uh, in every, uh, how does it say Pray always with all prayer. Or different translations like the NIV say all kinds of prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. I would be making an erroneous statement if I were just to say all prayer is prayer, prayer is prayer, just pray. As long as you pray, it doesn't matter how you pray, when you pray, how long you pray, it's just pray. All prayer is prayer. Okay. And many people, that's the the depth of their understanding of how they are to relate to God and, and, and talk to Him. That it's all kind of the same, shaking up in one big bag, prayer. Okay? That will produce an ineffective prayer life. Not because God doesn't want people's prayer life to be effective. Simply because they're not paying attention to the, uh, the rules given, the instruction given for the different types of prayer. Alright? It's been said that uh, likewise with sports. How many know uh, there's baseball, there's basketball, there's football, there's... Uh, uh, well, soccer is not really a sport, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are in America here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My kids play soccer. <laughs> I just like to harass it. Uh, <laughs> hockey, golf, NASCAR. <laughs> Lots of sports. How many know you can't just take all the sports, put them in a bag, shake them up, and say, let's go play sports? <laughs> After the service, let's all meet out in the back. We'll play sports. How many know we'd all go, what do we do? How do you play sports? Someone said, well, you get four downs, three strikes. You know, if you, if you make it from behind the arc, you get three points. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if, you, if you kick it at the right time, you'll get a birdie. And... Right? You can't mix all the rules of sports and put them in one bag and say, let's play sports. Likewise, you can't do that with prayer. All right? Different kinds of prayer have different rules and guidelines. Different sports have different rules. And if you want to have any kind of uh, sanity and organization and understanding of what's happening, uh, uh, you've got to follow the rules for the individual type of sport or prayer that you are involved with. Okay? And so, different games, different rules. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the prayer of faith. Okay? This is one type of prayer uh, that many people uh, do pray uh, sometimes without knowing the rules, without knowing the principles that govern it, and therefore have very little success. This is a type of prayer that we, we should commonly use in relationship to needs being met and and, and God giving us specific things. Uh, a couple scriptures I want you to look at. Well, go over and just turn to Mark 11. And then if you're taking notes, write down this one. This is a, a related. Uh, version of that. Matthew 21, verse 22. Matthew 21, 22. Jesus said, uh, And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. What's the qualification to receiving? Believing. Believing. Can we see that that's a a guideline for the prayer of faith? You must believe. I know some have tried to kind of poo-poo faith. And, and, and act like, well, it doesn't, you know, your faith is not really matter. It doesn't really matter here. It's all about God's sovereignty. And if God sovereignly wills for you to have something, then you'll have it. And we have to throw out a whole lot of verses about faith if we're really going to take that perspective. Including this one. Jesus said, if you'll pray believing, you'll get it. Believing is key. Really, it's key to all kinds of prayer. Because all prayer is to be done in faith. But it's different than praying the prayer of faith, Okay, and we'll show you that exact phrase uh, here momentarily if we can get to that. But in Mark chapter 11, uh, this is one of the clearest verses, I think, on this subject. Verse 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay, first of all, now let's look. Uh, At the prayer of faith, who is the prayer of faith for? All right. The prayer of faith is primarily, and I say that, I use that word purposefully here, is primarily for you to pray for you. All right. it's not primarily me praying for you or you praying for somebody else. Not to say that it can't be used that way. I'm saying uh, it's primarily you praying for you. Look Look at the scripture to see if that's true. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when somebody else prays for you. No, when you pray. Someone said, I need prayer. Okay, that's fine, but that's different than you praying. All right. Believe that you receive them. That who receives them? The person praying. The person who has the desire. The person who prays is the person who receives. Okay. He said then you will have them. Now one reason I bring this point up. is because I do not want your faith to be diminished or undermined in any way by the fact that. That you have prayed for somebody else, the prayer of faith, and they didn't get it. That is not necessarily an indication that you have a faith deficiency in your heart. Because this prayer works 100% of the time when you pray for you. You praying for yourself. It works with other people, but there has to be some involvement on their part. Because it is possible for me to pray a prayer of faith for you, and then you undermine everything I prayed for by saying the opposite thing. I say, Your car bill is paid for, your car payment, and you go away saying, What am I going to do? I don't have the money. Well, your words. For your life are more powerful than my words for your life. What you believe about you is more powerful and more important than what I believe about you. Okay. And this is, this is important on a number of levels. Okay. Of course our walk with God and being able to receive from Him. But it also comes down to, you know, people don't think I can do it. People don't think I'm going to make it. But what do you think? Okay, I think there's always going to be people around who don't, uh, aren't exactly a positive influence, aren't exactly an encouragement and a help. The, we're just in the world with a whole lot of negative people. Ultimately, I can get whatever I need and desire from the Lord independent of you. Okay, And you need to believe that about yourself. It's called having confidence in, in the Spirit of God in you. Not just, you know, I've got to have help. Okay, and then we you know we should be there to help each other. But ultimately, again, I can get it on my own, and you need to believe that about yourself—that you you can get it, get it uh, get it for yourself. Okay, I know there was a a, a book out uh, years ago called "Having Faith in Your Faith," and and, and a lot of people really came uh, some a lot of people some people really came down on that. They thought, "Oh, that sounds her- like heresy, cultic. Having faith in your faith, you should have faith in God." They didn't ever read the book. they didn't because basically you know the the concept is is you can have faith in your heart and need to and you need to believe that your faith works your faith in God okay your faith in God works for you Uh, you know don't get me wrong we we all can understand this we have certain people uh, in our lives maybe we've read a book or received from a particular uh, minister or you know prophet or teacher or someone and we really respect them in God we see that God uses them there's no doubt that most of us if we were to if we needed prayer in our own life we need someone to agree with us or someone to pray for us that if we could choose the average Joe Christian or that person how many know you get that person to pray for you your faith is like whoop because you you in part you you trust God but to a large degree you trust that person's faith. You believe that they're really close to the Lord and they know how to access the power of God and they can help you so your faith goes up in that regard. All right. So again, what, what, what I, why I say that is um, our faith in the Lord oftentimes is connected to what we believe other people are believing with us, but it doesn't have to be limited to that. If you believe with me, I appreciate that. If you don't, I'm getting it anyway. Okay? That's the attitude we got, We got to have. I'm going to get it, period, because God promised it to me. He gave me the method by which I may obtain it. And I'm, blessed. God, just going to have it. Okay? I'll let you ride in it if you want. Huh? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you come over and breathe my air if you want. But what the Lord promised, I am going to have. Okay, that's not arrogance, it's not pride, it's really just working with the Lord and being confident that, uh, that you can get what He promised you you can get. Okay, so again, the prayer of faith is generally you praying for you, you cannot always push what you believe onto somebody else, alright, if someone will believe as well, then yes, let's pray the prayer of faith together, alright, but primarily it's us for us, now, uh, take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1 real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And, and, and we, we want to hold your finger there if, if it's not too late. <laughs> Should have told you sooner, huh? 2 Corinthians, it's not going anywhere, though. It'll still be there when you get back. <laughs> chapter 1, just to reiterate this point a little bit further 2 Corinthians 1 24 says not that we have dominion over your faith but our fellow workers for your joy for by faith you stand now what's the understood subject in relationship to that again it's it's you okay in other words by your faith you stand it's not by my faith that you stand but it's by your faith that you stand and he, Paul was basically saying here, our job here is what we want to we work with you. We want to help you to keep your joy. We're fellow workers with you. We want you to keep a smile on your face. Keep the joy of the Lord in your heart. When you've got joy, you've got strength. When your joy is active, your faith is active. But I want to help you to stand by your faith, not try to be uh, something that you lean upon. All the, all, all the days of your life where you've got to rely upon somebody else's faith to get you through. All right. We need to encourage and help, e- help each other to stand on our own two feet to have our own uh, faith for our own lives. Praise the Lord. So again, we can kind of see a little bit of jurisdiction there as far as how far our faith will work on someone else's behalf. All right. Now, back to Mark 11 back to Mark 11 again verse 24 whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them believe that you receive them and you will have them okay having them is dependent upon simply believing that you have them There is no such prayer as pray and ask and see what happens. You won't find that prayer in the Bible. That's not one of those kinds of prayer. Pray and see. huh? I'm not going to pray and see what happens. And and we realize that seems clear here. I got to tell you a whole lot of people determine the will of God by that. Their whole mindset is, I'm going to pray, and if it happens, I'll know it was God's will. And if it doesn't happen, well, you never know. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes He says maybe so. Right? No, there is no such prayer as pray and see if it happens. There is such a prayer of pray and believe. And then it happens. Not pray and believe and then it might happen. See the Lord really left no room in his discussion of praying to receive petition type prayer. He left no room for unanswered prayer. I didn't find that kind of prayer where he discusses prayer that works sometimes. And sometimes the Lord just says no. Certainly, He would have informed us if that was one of the ways that we were to pray. If we were to just throw up a prayer and hope it goes in. Hope something happens. But how many know a whole lot of prayer is done exactly that way? It's pray and see. Pray and look to see if anything happens. Pray and kind of hope I got lucky this time. Ka-ching! Huh? Pull the one-armed bandit and see if the numbers line up. And if you get sevens, woohoo! Prayer answered. All the scriptures I read about prayer that give me a definite instruction of how to pray, what to believe, and, and so forth, they leave no room for error. It is a one hundred percent. I get the answer to it. I get the res- I get a response. hundred percent. What that tells me is if I pray any prayer according to the rules, the the principles that govern it, it is successful 100% of the time. And so never, ever do I pray about something, and if I don't see a result, not pray and just look, I'm talking about get it, get what I prayed for, do I determine that God didn't want me to have it? Never. I immediately go back and if something broke down, if there was a breakdown, I know he's the same yesterday today and forever. I know his word has not changed so somewhere on my side I missed it. I don't have to feel condemned about that either. I don't have to go, oh I just don't have strong faith. Woe is me. No, come on I can't be a baby. Put your big boy pants on and go ahead and pray. Sometimes you just got to suck it up and say, okay, I'm not going to whine about this. And how come it didn't work? I'm going to learn. If my faith needs built, good. Let's get it built. Lord's on my side. He's not throwing rocks at me if I did did something wrong or if I didn't get a a prayer answered. He wants me to learn. Okay? The disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. He didn't say, you turkeys, go learn it on your own. Trial and error. Go ahead and figure it out. No, he taught them to pray. He wants us to be successful. He wants when you call on the Lord for there to be an immediate response from heaven. Okay? And I see it that if I approach Him correctly, I get it. I get exactly what, I, what I'm seeking after. So, we should ask this question. Uh, according to this verse, when should we believe? He said, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. In other words, my believing needs to happen Needs to happen when I pray. At the very moment that I ask that is when I believe. Now, someone said, is that important? This will govern this prayer. This is how you play this sport. Okay? You can't go out of bounds. Stay in the rules and it'll work for you. Real simple. And when you know that you're praying exactly According to Jesus' instructions, your faith will rise. Oh, yeah. Your faith will rise. I can get this done. Okay? You want to put So you went to the store, you bought some little gadget, you know, you looked at it and you thought, ah, how can I do this? But thank God there's a little piece of paper in there that says, number one, do this. How many know your faith is rising? Number two, put this in this. Hook this together you think, yes, I can do this, right? Why? Your faith, right? Because you have instructions. And I'll tell you what, the Lord has given us instruction. He, he knows how things work. Yeah. So when should we believe? We should believe when we ask, okay? People often say that uh, they believe when they pray, okay? That's not too, that's not way out there. That's not too much of a mystery. But the question I have concerning the prayer of faith is What? do people believe when they pray? What do they believe? No question that a whole lot of people believe. But what they believe oftentimes completely violates the guidelines for the prayer of faith. All right? In other words, someone said, well, I believe in God. Okay, that's fine, but that doesn't matter right now. <laughs> I mean, obviously you believe in God or you wouldn't be praying. But that's not really what makes this prayer work. Is that faith? Sure, it's faith in God, that in his existence. But that doesn't help the prayer of faith. Someone said, I believe, I believe the Lord loves me. Good. Glad you do. And I help you in other areas of life, won't help you with this prayer. All right. So I, I believe that the Lord is gonna do what whatever He wants to do. That will completely undermine this prayer. Are you listening? It'll completely just re- just remove you from the picture. Okay? You, verse might as well not even be there if you believe that. The Lord's going to do whatever He wants to do. It's like, uh, well, I was in a church years ago, and uh, they would, in this church, pray for the sick at different times. And uh, I'm all for that. And at the time, I didn't know a whole lot better than what I would see. But people... Constantly, would, they'd have someone come and they'd have cancer, or someone was sick with this, and they'd pray a nice prayer Lord, heal them, Lord, touch their body, restore them in their body. You know, they'd say some good things. It was all fine and good, and Danny, they'd even pray in the name of Jesus, but they'd, they'd, at the end of the prayer, they would throw the little phrase on that canceled out the whole prayer. And that, and that would be, they would say, Lord, if it be thy will. There is no if in a prayer of faith if and faith are not related okay if has to be answered before you pray the prayer of faith is it ever appropriate to say if it be thy will that's another kind of prayer we'll get to that later okay but it's not this kind of prayer it's a different sport don't use that those rules for this sport whenever you pray the prayer of faith just analyze it no I F IF should be canceled out of this prayer. You never end with if. You always determine the will of God first. Then you pray confidently. All right. The will of God, of course, is the basis and foundation for faith. And so you must know that that ahead of time. So again, what do we believe when we pray? Scripture tells us here, real, real simple. But we oftentimes read over things that are simple. He said... Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. Believe that you receive them. Or some translations will even put it in the past tense. They'll say, believe that you have received them. Them what? Them things that I asked for. Those things that I wanted. Those things that I desired when I pray. I must believe that I receive them. When I pray. Okay, again, that's different. It's different than believing in God. It's different believing that, you know, He loves me. It's different in believing different things about the Lord. It's as real specific. I believe that I receive it. That is also different from believing that God is going to do it. There was no future in believe that you receive, it's present or past. Never future. Are you listening? In other words, someone said, I prayed the prayer of faith for my blue Toyota, whatever. Uh, uh, And they get done praying, and someone said, how'd it go? Did you get it? I believe God's going to give it to me. Well, you're playing another sport already. What are you doing calling love? (laughs) And you're playing baseball. (laughs) You're getting out of the rules of the prayer of faith. It says believe that you receive when? Right then when you pray. Now think about this. This assumes that God made provision for whatever you're asking. And that he has already responded to you with an open hand how can you believe that you receive something unless you believe already that it has been given? I can't believe I receive something from the Lord unless I already believe that He has given it. Are you listening? This actually means uh, the word receive is kind of an aggressive word, means to take. Okay? If... Uh, go ahead and help me out here. If I'm if I'm uh, going to believe that I take my Bible back from her, I can't with my faith reach out and take that if it's not even there. You know, you set it aside, you've got an empty hand. I can't believe I receive that if it's not being offered. If, in other words, if it's not been given or presented to me, provision hasn't already been made for me, there's no way I can believe I take something that's not there. Are you listening? Yeah. So we're already, Jesus has a, a mindset about prayer that what you ask and what you desire when you pray is already in God's hand. Or at least the moment that you ask it, it appears in God's hand. And so my picture of when I pray needs to be this. Because I've got a scripture on what I'm praying for. I'm praying, I'm praying the will of God. You know, or His words abiding in me. I'm abiding in Him. So when I'm praying for this Bible, I see it. It's already there. God is already offering it. If I have in my mind, I'm praying. And, uh, you know, if I hope, really hope I can get God to give it to me. Unless I am convinced already that God has given it to me, it is impossible for me to get it. Because that's on His end. I can't change His end. Prayer is about me believing and taking. It's got to already be out there. I know before I pray the prayer of faith that God is like this. That God has already offered He couldn't have said that otherwise. He couldn't say, believe that you take it if nothing's there to take. See, this is the mindset that that we need to have. Listen, let's maybe hold your finger there again. 1 John chapter 5. Something so simple can be so good. 1 John chapter 5. This is a prayer of faith type scripture right here. Some of you know verse fourteen. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will. Now I just want to comment on that for real quickly while we're here. Uh, according to His will could really mean multiple things. One, what I'm asking for is the will of God. Needs being met, healing in the body, you know, those kind of things. We have scriptures on there, promises concerning that. We know what we're asking is what God wants. Here's another thing, that we ask according to His will. In other words, His will for asking. When I pray, I have confidence in my, in my prayer if I am asking according to His will for the way I ask Him. How about this? If his word abides in me and I abide in if I abide in him and his word abides in me, I ask what I will. It'll be done. That's his will for asking. What's his will? You get the word in you first. You abide in him and you get what you want. You get what you want. And he is glad to do it. Oh, it thrills his heart to be able to provide Woo, glory to God. Yeah, I think he's excited more about it, more excited about it than we are. And so, we have confidence when we ask anything according to His will. How does He want me to ask? Well, I know from other scriptures like Mark 11, 24, that He wants me to believe that I receive when I pray. He said, and if we know, look at this, that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of Him. What is the condition, the only condition in verse 15, given... By which I would have what I asked of him. I just have to know that he heard me. I just have to know that he heard me. Apparently there's not a whole lot of decision making up there. Okay. I got that one. I heard that one. Now let me decide if I'm going to do it for them. That is not the mindset of Jesus. Nor is it the mindset of the Spirit of God speaking through the Apostle John. He said if you can get God to hear you. You've got it. All I have to do is get him to hear me. I know when I call upon him, he hears me. I know for certain that and if I even mention the name Jesus, that I'm through, huh? that I'm already there in his presence, because I'm not even coming on my own merit, my own works. I'm coming based upon the, the work of Jesus, the redemption, redemptive work of Jesus. I am there, and if I can get God to hear me, I guess he can't help himself. It's already given that's why I can believe I receive because all I have to know is that he hears me when I pray and the last part of that wow he says we know that we have the petitions again notice the tense of the term he didn't say know that we are going to get the petitions that we desired of him and I'm here to tell you this is critical to an effective prayer of faith it is so very critical. I really believe a whole lot of attempts at the prayer of faith go awry because of a little tense thing. And I'm not saying that it's, the heart is not most important. It obviously is. And sometimes people miss it technically, but their heart is in the right place. And that their faith is in the right place. And they still see things happen. But I want you to know the little word, the little uh, letters and words in the Bible are important. How many know John 14, 6? Jesus said, I am... A way, a truth, and a life. You mean just saying "uh" or the can really make that big a difference? How I mean, know it makes all the difference in the world? One little, small, little word there, okay? And these tenses, both here in Mark eleven twenty-four, 24, make a big difference as well. Many people approach prayer, and then they're waiting for God to do it. You need to believe that God has made preparation, and the moment you pray... The moment God hears, blue Toyota. He's made provision for it, and so it is all a matter of me taking it. And so when I pray, I believe that I receive it or take it. Do I have it? I have it as far as my faith is concerned. The only thing that's future tense is the rest of Mark 11:24, which says, and you shall have them, but I want to tell you: you will never have them unless you have them. You can never have it unless you have it. In other words, you've got to take it before or receive it before you can have it. Okay. And so, what's the what's the answer to the question? Uh, so you prayed for such and such. What happened? I got it. I got it. Well, let me see it show it to you soon enough okay am i saying that i see it no not saying i see it saying that i have it i'm not saying gonna get it now if i speak if i speak in future terms i'm speaking of the actual manifestation of that and that's fine i believe the car you know i believe the blue toyota is going to show up any day i believe i mean i'm looking for it now could be out there right now someone could be purchasing it right now for me God could, God's dealing with someone right you know I'm just using this as, as an example okay but that's the only future part of this unless there is a present tense part to this prayer there will never be the future part many people always have that future part and you shall have them but they didn't believe that they got it therefore there's nothing to bring the future into manifestation it is your present tense belief that you have what you asked for that will cause the future tense to manifest in your life. Praise God. Wow. So, so it, when we talk about this type of prayer, this is another, uh, another thing we've got to deal with. You don't pray this prayer multiple times for the same thing. Are there some types of prayer that we can pray over and over? Yes, there are. Things we can pray repeatedly. But when I pray the prayer of faith, I, if I really believe that I receive it, why in the world would I ask for it again? Okay. Really, my second prayer undermines my first prayer. And my third prayer undermines my second prayer and my first prayer. And, and so forth. It's been said by someone who knew more about this than me, you're, uh, about, about faith. Uh, uh, a man of God said, if you, if you pray for something six times, you prayed at least five times in unbelief. Okay? This type of prayer now is the type of prayer you only pray for once. Therefore, if you're going to pray a prayer of faith, take some time to get ready for it. In other words, rehearse. Get the word abiding in you. Get scriptures that you're going to use to take to the Lord in prayer that basically promise you what you desire and what you ask. And get those grounded on the inside. Take some time. Maybe you take a few days and you read them over and over and over and over and over. And you get prepared because this is you praying for you. Okay? If someone else comes to you and they need prayer, you're not going to say, give me a few days. I mean, if they need you now. Uh, uh, but you praying for you. You prepare your heart. Get ready so that when, you're, uh, when it's time to pray, your gun is loaded. Come on. It's all cleaned up, ready to go, chopped full, and you're ready to pew, hit your target. huh? And when you pray, you're ready to release faith and grab a hold of what the Lord has promised you. You believe you receive it. And you got it. So it's not about repeated prayer It's not about pray over and over and over and over and over and over again. All right. Can I show you a little bit more? James chapter 5. James, the fifth chapter. I wanted to give you the the particular verse that uses the phrase prayer of faith. That's this one. Okay, lest lest we uh, forget about that that phrase is actually used. James chapter 5, verse 13, says, Is anyone among you suffering? What should he do? He should pray. If anyone's suffering, he should call three people and tell them how bad it is. (laughs) If anyone's suffering, he should make sure and immediately call the prayer chain. Get as many people praying for you as possible. Because if you can get a large number of people praying, then you really know that God has got to do something about this. He will hear if a lot of people are praying. Well, that's one of those misconceptions. Understand this, God responds to faith. He'll respond to you all by your little lonesome self if you will simply have childlike faith and believe Him. Come on, faith to just say, okay, Lord, I believe you love me and you've made provision for this. And he whammo. Thank you, Lord. I got it. Where's it at? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Not all about someone else's prayer. It's about your prayer. All right. Before you ever, can I tell you? Before you call someone else, why don't you pray yourself? All right. Then when you call the other person, instead of being needy all the time, you can say, hey, guess what just happened? I got it. He said, is anyone cheerful? What should he do? Get somebody to go sing him a song. <laughs> it says, let him sing psalms. Someone said, well, what if I'm not really a singer? that's not the qualifier here, it's just being cheerful All right. said I really can't sing, if you can be cheerful then you're supposed to sing, verse 14, is anyone among you sick, what does it say, is anyone among you sick, actually this means in the Greek sick beyond helping themselves okay, not just a minor ailment, not just a, you know I got a little headache I better call the elders, get them all over here said, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The oil, of course, is a representative. It's a physical representative of the anointing or the power of God. He said, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. That word save means to heal. will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. One thing that the prayer of faith does is it heals sickness. Say, so when would I use the prayer of faith? Well, here's one example. The prayer of faith will heal people of physical sickness and disease. When does it heal them? Well, if we're praying the prayer of faith, it, they get a response from heaven immediately. You know God's will. You're praying both what He wants and how He wants you to pray it. And so you know that you have the petition that you asked or desired from Him. You know, that's interesting. I just remembered that. That word in, back in 1 John 5, the word asked or some translation desired. That's past tense too. I have the petition I desired of Him. In other words, I must not desire it anymore. I don't have to desire it if I already have it. And according to the Word, my desire for it, I guess, stops the moment I'm done praying. Why? Because I have it. Where do I have it? I've got it on the inside. Got it on the inside, and it's manifesting on the outside. When does the prayer of faith work for healing the sick? It works when someone prays. It can't be, there can't be a delay from God. Are you listening? There cannot be a delay on God's side of this prayer. If there is, again, it is impossible for me to believe that I take or receive something that the Lord has not given If there's, again, I want to say this clear, if there's a delay on God's side, I can't pray this prayer. It is completely impossible, and it's even unjust for the Lord to tell me to do it. For me to ask for something that hasn't been given to me. For me to believe that I have something when it's a lie. How can I believe that I get something from God the provider who didn't provide it for me? We must have this understanding first and foremost that God has made provision for everything you need. And the moment you make request, it's served up. It's served up and it's in God's hands and they are wide open. And when I pray, I'm saying, here we go. I'll go ahead and take that. Woo! See, it almost sounds too easy. I think we have made prayer difficult. I don't think God ever intended it for it to be difficult. I don't think He ever intended for it to be a struggle for us to just, just so much striving to try to get Him to do something for us to the point where people have taken prayer as a hit and miss kind of deal. As you kind of never really know, you can't really count on it. It's a last-ditch effort. If I have to, I'll pray, but I'm going to try to work this out myself. Because I don't have confidence in God's, willingness and provision for their life amen amen well we should stop there we should we'll we'll pick up there next time father thank you so much tonight you're a good god thank you for your faithfulness thank you for your generosity lord we do know that you love us lord we do know that you've made provision for us and lord help us help us to pray effectively Help us to pray simply. This is not complicated. Lord, you've really made this to be an easy thing. To be something that that we flow in as a natural part of our life. We talk to you. You talk to us. We receive your word. We abide in you. We have need and we ask you for things. And you grant us these things. Lord, we're so thankful for all that you're doing. For all that you have provided. Thank you, thankful for your wisdom, and thank you for teaching us how these things work. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We honor and bless you tonight. In the name of Jesus.